bitches. Hi, Riley. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy to be doing this. I've, I've never been on a podcast before, so losing my podcast virginity. <laughs> oh my god, how's life right now? Like, what are you? What are you up to? What are you looking forward to? Life is life is so good, but so busy. It's like moving at the course of this course of light. I don't even think that's the right way to say that, but. Um, <laughs> It's so good. I'm I'm going through a few transitions right now, transitioning into like a full-time job, transitioning out of being like a graduate student. And so it's just been, it's been pretty hectic, but like all in a positive way because there's a lot of like new challenges and a lot of like new things to kind of like learn about myself. Yeah. So it's, life's been good, but just, you know, juggling a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Because you have a full-time job now. Yes. You're still kind of in school. You're like wrapping it up. And you're doing improv and you're on a team. Yes. So how's that balance been going? Do you feel like you have time to breathe or do you like it like this where you have a lot on your plate? I do like it generally when I have a lot on my plate, but I think, I think since, I think since school is kind of wrapping up now, that kind of aisle of my life has amped up. And, um, because I think that has amped up usually like I've been leaning into usually how I balance my time or how I find self-care is by doing things like improv or a hobby, like rock climbing, like dancing, going for a walk, just being with friends. And because like life, in school and work and and all that kind of like more professional side of life has been busy i in tandem have become busier like with social life because that's how i balance things out and so i haven't really found a moment to breathe (laughs) i haven't like had a moment to like just sit and like watch a disney channel movie or something like i used to like back in january but that sounds amazing i know right we should watch one honestly i've been really wanting to watch tangle i've never seen that actually never seen tangle no that was kind of where they lost me was like age-wise where i was like kind of aging out yeah oh my gosh there's a lot of good songs in tangle really yeah (laughs) flynn rider let me tell you never really been too attractive to, to attracted to inanimate characters Besides Danny Phantom from like Danny Phantom, gotta catch them all. But <laughs> Flynn Rider, pretty damn sexy. I won't lie. Really? Okay, noted. <laughs> he's, got, he's, he's got that chiseled jaw. Anyways, but yeah, life is good. Life is so good. <laughs> so, um, where are you at mentally right now? Like, where are you in terms of your wellness mentally? Are you? Do you feel really happy? Do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel excited? I feel I feel kind of all of the, the above. Like if I was like, if those were like little check boxes, I'd check all of them. Um, I'm feeling really happy with where I am in life. Like I feel like I have been progressing towards something. And with all these new positive like milestones kind of checking off, I feel fulfilled in that way too. Um, and I'm excited for, I'm excited just to not be a student anymore. I was excited to be like a human being, kind of lean more into finding a routine, getting more involved in improv, like actually taking a class. Because mm-hmm. um, I feel like that's kind of been reflected on like how busy professional life has been is kind of reflected um, in how I haven't really been able to dedicate like time to like actually honing in and working on certain things involved in improv and so once once school does end and once I'm no longer a student like I am so excited for a to be settled in that breath of like fresh air but then also like excited to kind of like 
he lean into to like taking a class or like getting more involved and so that's that's really exciting yeah so can you tell us your background in improv and like how you got started yeah 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 so i um so i was always a big theater kid but it was more like acting like theatrical like stage acting and then when i went to college um at virginia tech uh I was like a yes man. Like I said yes to pretty much anything just to just to give it a try because there was so much out there that I was interested in. I went to Samurai Club once. I said yes, went once, didn't go back because I could not <laughs> hit anyone with a samurai sword or like, you know, a wooden sword wasn't an actual blade. Um, I said yes to cooking class. I couldn't actually like cook, so I didn't go back. I said yes to the improv team when I like they said there were auditions. So I was like, yeah, like I'll, I'll come and audition. And I just kept showing up, made it to callbacks, made it on the team. And I was like, wow, I've never done improv before in my life. But um, so I kind of jumped into it that way. And I did it for four years in undergrad, ended up becoming the like the president or the leader of my improv troupe at Virginia Tech called Deep Fried Improv. <laughs> Shout out. I, that's one of my favorite names. Like, that's so funny. Deep Fried Improv. <laughs> Shout out. Um, but and so I ended up that's kind of, once the pandemic kind of hit that's kind of where I plateaued off in terms of all creative like expression in terms of acting or or stage performance but then moving to Atlanta I heard that there was a lot uh like there was a big improv community here and started took one class my first semester when I had time <laughs> loved it it was a village theater and then I heard there were jams happening and I started going to the Wednesday jams over the summer at Bibliotech summer of 2021 or 2022 time is relevant mm. I have no idea <laughs> um but and I just started showing up and people recognized my like people would start recognizing me and treat me like a regular and then I started like really like enjoying like looking forward to it. and I was like okay this is going to be one of the staples of my week this is what gets me out of this student bubble this is what makes me feel like I'm actually in a community like in this city that I live in is Atlanta like this feels like my community now because I had kind of found this improv community it didn't just feel like a city I was living in to go to school yeah and so I have continued like going to the Wednesday jams and building off of that gotten more involved in in more like with who let the frogs out um with you <laughs> and with all our other lovely teammates and hopping in on different shows as well um with surprises with Sydney there's so it's been I'm really kind of surprised looking back two years ago if I would have thought coming to Atlanta if I would have gotten involved in improv I would have been very surprised if uh, some if my self back then that was never my intention. So it's been a really pleasant surprise. Yeah, you know, I'm interested or I was interested to know why you decided to do improv because mm -hmm. I know you do have a full plate. Mm -hmm. And so I was curious, like why you kept coming back and what you liked most about it, whether mm -hmm. it was like the community or if you just love improv or like mm -hmm. the freedom of improv versus mm -hmm. like theater acting yeah. where it's like a lot of rehearsals and stuff so like what keeps you coming back good question I so what kept me coming back so originally it was that it was like not being like going to a place and not being a student like uh, I love my fellow classmates but everywhere I go all we do is talk about fucking school and I am yeah. I it's it's a lot going to the first time I went to the Wednesday jam at bibliotech um, I 
I was like, wow, this is awesome. Just a bunch of creatives. Like, no one knows who I am. <laughs> Everyone's just, like, here for the joy of it. And to get to be goofy, silly, like, just so exonerably you. And I kind of got addicted to that. And I, I kept coming back as soon as people started. I started building relationships with people in the community. And that's when Atlanta kind of felt like, okay, this is, this is a, like a town that has a lot of charm and has this I just was didn't know really where to look. Yeah. And so I kept coming back because of the community because it brought me out of that student bubble. And it really kind of made me appreciate Atlanta for what it was uh, or for what it is. And so also it's just the adrenaline rush when it comes to like being in that moment and like trying to th having to think on your feet, having to carry a scene forward. I love that. I am a huge adrenaline junkie. Hence, I was like an emergency <laughs> medic for five years. <laughs> I love being able to, I love, I kind of love the pressure that comes with like being in the moment and trying to stay calm, cool, collected, make sense of what you're doing with your partner and move it forward in the best way you can. Because just like emergency medicine, that's the exact same thing. Uh, in emergency medicine though, if you, if you kind of, if you say no, a patient may die. If you say no in a scene, it's the scene may die. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of, the similarities there have also been really, really just the parallels have been amazing. Yeah, that is an interesting parallel. And I was going to say, the more I've gotten to know you, I feel like you're such a, a caregiver. And like, <laughs> you you know, like you love to take care of people yeah. and help people. And so it feels like improv is a great match for you in that way, yeah. because it is a lot of being supportive and taking yeah. care of people and carrying a scene along. Exactly. Even if it's not 100%. going well necessarily. So it seems like your personality is like <laughs> built for it, you know? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Do you see any other parallels between emergency medicine and improv? Um, I think it's all, I think all of it is a yes and. And the yes and nature, like in order to keep anything moving forward, whether it's a call, like with an, uh, with an emergency call with a patient or it's a scene, you always have to, you always have to like work its collaboration and its flexibility and adaptability. Um, and you're always moving towards like, you know, towards an end goal. Usually for emergency medicine is like stabilize the patient and diesel, get that, get that patient to the <laughs> hospital as soon as possible with a, with a scene. It's like, find the objective, establish your relationship, all that crow stuff we learned about in, in improv 101. Um, but get it somewhere and the importance of working together with your team with your partner on on both like the EMS side EMS stands acronym is emergency <laughs> medical services and then also the improv side is those like pillars in both are so fundamental because like if you're not listening to your crew when you're on the back of an ambulance and you're like working with a patient you might be given the wrong medication. You might be doing the wrong like protocols or procedures. And this could A, endanger the patient's life, but also B, endanger the, the crew's life. And the well-being of everyone on that truck is what's like utmost important. It's the same thing with, with listening and giving and supporting your scene partners in, in improv. You have to listen and collaborate. It's not just, it's not just the me show. It's not just me on the back of an ambulance calling the shots because I'm like, I'm the leader. No, no, no. Like it's, it's about collaboration and doing what's best for the patient. It's what's doing what's best for the scene. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. I've never actually thought about that before, <laughs> but yeah. And I'm curious in improv and in your career, what yeah. is something 
that you know you're good at and you're strong uh, at and you enjoy doing and what's something that you're actively working on actively working on good love it okay <laughs> what's something okay so an improv i think something i am good at i would say i'd say i'm good at just kind of like hopping in and just kind of like and like I've been told I'm good at initiating yeah I just kind of go and just bulldoze out and just start doing something because I'm like if I if I don't then I know I'll get nervous I think that's when I was younger Mm -hmm. that's how I kind of started to conquer my nerves about improv I would just go out and I'd be picking daisies or I'd be like painting brushing my teeth um and then usually rely on someone else to come out and yeah and kind (laughs) of contribute so I'd say I'm I'm good at kind of like establishing like just being the first person out there and establishing some kind of like some kind of motive there um and also I I I think when there are different ideas flying my way I think I I do a decent job of like juggling different different ideas or if something goes completely out of left field I roll with it yeah Um, I've been really trying to work on listening um yeah, you're a great listener. Thanks, thanks, babe. Yeah, so are you. <laughs> um, uh, and then one thing I've been trying to work on in terms of in terms of improv and in terms of life, um, in terms of improv, I want to make sure it's not. I've been kind of self conscious recently where I'm like I don't want it to be the me show. I know part of the reason when I was younger when I stayed in improv is like okay, I realized yeah, like I, I'm decently funny. Like I can get a laugh. And that became like, that became like a drug, like just getting, getting big laughs. I loved yeah. that. And I kind of measured my, my success based on how many laughs I would get during a set. Yeah. Based younger. on the reaction. Exactly. A hundred percent. Um, and now I'm realizing, um, that's not a, that's not how it, like, that's not how you should be. That's a kind of like a, a selfish way to do improv and I I want to make sure that every time I go out there I'm, I'm working on being like fully fully listening being fully present and not anticipating the next joke I might say in order to get that big laugh I think I've definitely like worked on that enough where like that is no longer a key motivation of course I want to be funny everyone wants yeah. to be funny <laughs> Duh. but it's my sole purpose is not to to make a big laugh it's to carry a scene and make it entertaining for everyone and to do that together with whatever scene partners you have in said scene yeah um but also I want to make sure like I am I'm giving like I I sometimes think I can bulldoze a scene like I'll just I get a lot of scene time where I'll just walk in and I'll initiate or I'll walk in if I feel like it needs an extra something sometimes I I've been trying to work on like letting taking a step back and letting a scene breathe and I've been doing that I think I've been doing that this past month but I really kind of want to lean into that and kind of be more strategic about like what what am I contributing like let let other people that might not have had as much scene time or as much stage time get get a chance um so i'm like it's not the bridget show like and and i think that in the past like maybe probably since doing the jams it's taken me like that's kind of what i've been working on yeah and i could see that being difficult for you because you are so much more advanced than a lot of other people in the community like there are a lot of good people Mm -hmm. but you are really good and so i think like sometimes you're almost 
too good for your own good. No. You're like, I can do this whole show by myself. <laughs> no, not at all. I love, I love that you said that. So that's really nice of you to say. <laughs> no, you are really good. And you're so bold. And like you said, you're really good at starting scenes yeah. and carrying scenes. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I've definitely noticed that about you where I'm like, she could do this whole thing by herself. <laughs> but she's taking all. a step back to be nice. But that's the thing. I don't want it to be the Bridget show. It's about collaboration. Yeah, yeah I know. But I know why yeah. that would be. I mean, like, I don't have that problem because I'm personally not. <laughs> Not, you know like on your level by any means like but you know that comes with the time because yeah. I know you've been doing improv for like mm-hmm. four years now yeah I'd say about yeah collective yeah probably like four years yeah yeah wow that's weird <laughs> <laughs> I mean I have never really thought about it but also I feel like I've just been stagnated since I haven't been able to like take a class or like I haven't been like able to dedicate that energy to it to like lean more into it and get more involved um yeah so i i do feel like i've been kind of stagnated these past like since the start of 2023 oh my god 2023 so these past Scary like four when months you say it out loud i know like, yeah such a big number <laughs> exactly oh what's something that improv teaches you that you think a lot of people could benefit from whether you want to do improv or not yeah i think <laughs> i feel like i feel like it's such a cliche but just being open to anything like you know there's a reason why everyone's like oh improv yes and ha 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 because I mean that's the truth of it that's the core of what improvisation is it's it's being open to the possibility of anything and accepting it for what it is and I think like a lot of people can learn that just in in society just everyday people can learn that and if if people were able to do that I think we would probably be Living in a, like, the world would look a little different, I think, whether it's politics or political discussions and and professional discourses. I think think a lot of what we see on the news might change. Um, Yeah. Also, another thing um, is just being flexible, like, just, and finding, like, the joy in life. Like, I know in American society, there's this, like, uh, I always confuse it. Is it live to work? It's live to work. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., I feel like it's always like live to work. Like, oh, yeah. working, you know, sometimes over 40 hours just to make the next, to make it to the next promotion. And there's such this this uh, value in American society of like professional success. And I feel like that can make life a very serious, like a very yeah. serious thing. And in reality, like you got to find the joy in life. And I think improv brings a lot of joy because it uh, it's your chance to be silly, to be goofy, to be whack-tastic, like just <laughs> your wacky old self. Yeah. And I think it can be really nourishing for people that might not have had the chance to, to step away from that serious mode of life. Uh, yeah. So I think just like it just kind of underpins the value of just finding the love and joy in life. Yeah, and it, it there are – or at least I feel like there is a seriousness to it in terms of like connectivity and actually listening to people yeah. and like oh a hundred percent. But yes. it's kind of disguised by this like oh we're having a good time though and it's fun and it's silly and it's goofy. But at the same time, it is something that you can take seriously yeah. while also being really goofy. Exactly. Like I actually did for um when I w- was in EMS or like a few years ago when I was in EMS, I had my um my EMT crew take an improv class because I wanted to see them like I wanted them to see like what the parallels were like but also like you know in 
in I think like you know on a and on a call in an emergency situation that can kind of be like a serious improv scene because like you never know one one moment the patient might be might be fine like they might be they might have had a heart attack and maybe their pulse comes back and then all of a sudden their pulse you know their pulse stops they stop breathing and their lung collapses and you know you could be maybe they're stuck behind a fence so you have to find a way to like and they have a back injury like just just make it the most intense thing you can ever think of yeah and there could be so many new conditions or so many odd and and interesting situations you have to work around and the end goal is still to get like to stabilize that patient and in reality it's like having um my crew take this improv class it kind of it it was to show them that like yeah like keep moving forward this might be a little bit more like l- like lighthearted and not as you know life or death situation yeah <laughs> but it just goes to show like you never know what situations you're going to be in in real life or in you know in a metaphysical space as an improv scene so yeah yeah how did that class go they loved it yeah they loved it because it because it was because like you know and you're working with like emergency like first responders their instinct that initiation is always there i think that's why i really do enjoy um initiating things is because like that if something's like kind of just hanging in the balance or if some something needs action like just from muscle memory i'll go out there just from em just emt experiences yeah and uh so they did not have they had some like at first they had some um fun kind of coming up with like wacky ideas but after like two or three hours they they really enjoyed it it was unlike anything they'd ever done before but they could see the parallel so it was really really cool yeah kind of be able to connect those two dots what do you say to people who are struggling with creative thoughts in improv if they're like oh I'm not creative enough I don't have enough ideas like because I know you're you're always full of ideas and (laughs) and sometimes you say things and I'm like I would have never thought about that in my whole (laughs) life so like how do you go about creating those ideas and like where do they come from so if someone were to say oh I'm I'm all out of juice or I'm all out of ideas or if someone's like kind of down it's like writer's block I imagine like it's just like sometimes you hit a wall but it doesn't mean like your cauldron of ideas is empty. Like, and, and it's important not to beat yourself up about it. Like it, it's like, there's patience. Like we have good days. We have bad days. And I, I hearing you say that brings great joy to my heart, but I honestly, like, I feel like as of recently, I feel like I'm all run out of, out of ideas. Like my cauldron of ideas is dried up. I feel like recently. So hearing you say that is really, really, is really just, grounding um but at the same time I'm like give give your what I tell myself is give yourself patience like you know who who knows maybe maybe you're at a certain uh point in life where maybe creative energy your energy is going through towards something else and if create and your creative energy that cauldron isn't as high as it used to be or as it might be in the future so in terms of if someone's kind of beating themselves down about oh I don't I don't I'm out of ideas or I'm I can't find my creative energy it's just give it patience be kind to yourself give yourself grace and also just just play with someone like you know have have a wacky idea off you know just doing something like that like a little wacky little exercise things just taking the pressure off of yourself and just make finding the fun of it and just knowing that like 
the way you're feeling now is not always going to be the way you're feeling in a week, two weeks, a month. Um, yeah. So just giving yourself grace. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. And I also think with you, too, and, like, all of your ideas, because I've been watching you now for a while, like, do improv and stuff. And I feel like you're so good at just opening up your mind and just <laughs> being open to, like, whatever. Because I sometimes have that block where I'm, mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't care to – like, I'm, I'm not afraid of looking dumb necessarily, mm-hmm. but I feel like there are so many ideas that I close myself off to because I don't think I would be capable of, like – telling a story about that or playing a character Mm -hmm. like that or I feel like for you there's really no one you wouldn't want to play I think and I think with that is that does just take like the time thing like doing it in college and you know having a show I think every like once every two weeks like I that's I started out that way and then I think just I I wasn't afraid to like make a fool of myself and just get out there and be like, okay, last time I did this, this time I'll do this. And I think one of my things back in the day I was really proud of was like my character work. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like my character work has kind of like taken a back seat. Um, so that's one thing I do want to get back into is just like finding a really like niche, crazy character yeah. and sticking with it. I love, I love how some people in the community have such great characters and it's like so distinct and every single character they pull out of their back pocket is like so unique and just is just you know unthought of um yeah I really I really do I do miss I feel like I haven't been doing that as often and I miss that I miss that part of just finding some like just some unique mixture of something and and putting a name and a and a face and a body to it yeah what are some attributes about characters that you find interesting and endearing that make you want to play those kind of people Mm -hmm. and also I feel like that could tie into the community that you have in your Mm -hmm. real life and Mm -hmm. what you see in people that draws you to them okay so I think in terms of characters I like to play um I would say honestly sometimes like I like to be the exact opposite of what I am like I think it's Mm -hmm. fun to you know, like to be something you're not. And in a way, like you can learn about yourself, you can learn about others. And also it's just fun to, you know, pretend to be an old man, a cantankerous old man who, you know, the classic, get off my lawn, you mangy, you mangy kids. Like you do that again, I'll get my my rifle from Pappy's Civil War. Like, you know, something <laughs> so stupid and silly that's so far away from you. Yeah. And I think how that goes hand in hand with, what I find like the core values of people I surround myself with in my life. I think like I really enjoy being around people that have, that I can learn something from like, but also like surround yourself with people that make you, that make you better, that make you a good person. Um, I don't, I do not keep toxic people in my life because no one has the energy for that. Yeah. But everyone I surround myself and everyone in the improv community has this uh, unique way of looking at out at life, like a, per- a distinct perspective or lens they're looking through. And it's so fun to be able to have the opportunity to like play with them and kind of see how that lens and like their perspective can kind of filter into their, their scene work. Yeah. And so it's just so fun just being able to like learn. And, and I just, throughout my life, I just want to be a sponge. I want to absorb as much as I can and learn as much as I can about anything, about the people I'm with, 
about their experiences, about, you know, any any place I go, any anything or culture I come into contact with. And so I think part of the reason of like being just attracted to people that are different from yourself that might have like a different lived experience is so important because there's just so much to learn. Um, yeah. 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 I love that you're so social and you seem to keep your friends really close. Yeah. And that's something I've started to notice in people is like how they build their communities mm-hmm. and how they maintain their communities is very telling of how your relationship is going mm-hmm. to be, I think. Mm-hmm. And so to see you have a lot of close friends that you mm-hmm. clearly really like and that mm-hmm. you keep close, it's honestly so heartwarming oh, to see. You're one of them, baby. <laughs> you're it's a, an honor. You're in my life forever. <laughs> also, I'm not crying. It's the wind. I know. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you guys can hear this because it's so windy outside. We decided to do this interview outside because we're granola girls. We're one with the earth. So outdoorsy. Where's my tent? Yeah. Yeah, right where's my where's my cliff bar where's my, my bar. my rock climbing shoes my walking stick what other hobbies do you have i know you do climbing occasionally i rock climb i really like to i really like to be outside i like to hike and go for walks i've been trying to I, I try to work out. I don't say I wouldn't say like I enjoy working out except for lifting. I love like anything that has to do with arm day. I have no idea why. I think it's the pump. I think it's like yeah. it, just feeling powerful for the first time and like <laughs> also just like obsessing over pretty boy muscles, I call them because it's solely upper body. And and it's just like the first time in my life I've actually like felt powerful and like that thing they call the pump. I'm like, no wonder people chase the pump because you feel on top of the world and so yeah yeah and so i um i will work out i love to read i but mm. i only read i only read non-fiction uh no i read fiction specifically <laughs> like fantasy sci-fi like romance i'm like i want to escape like anything yeah. i do i want to i want to go live in the, the fairy realm or like go defeat some kind of galactic meta night or something you know any yeah. any type of thing where i am no longer grounded in reality i love it like yeah hey, take me take me to hogwarts take me to to the land of the fae i i really do enjoy reading um, yeah is it like cathartic to just be removed from the I groundedness so. of reality yes, i think yeah. so it's just it's just so fun because it's it's one of those things where you get to like experience a different existence in a way yeah um and so when I'm stressed out, like usually I'll turn to some of my favorite books and I'll just reread them. And normally it's like a fantasy romance because it's <laughs> the best of both worlds. I do enjoy reading and I just being with people like whether it's getting yeah. a drink or just, I don't know, shooting the shit, like just giggly, lovely, lighthearted time. Um, yeah. All that kind of stuff. You seem to recharge with people. Yes, I am definitely an extrovert. And I, I even if it's just like, even if I need some quiet time where I I do need to recharge, I'm like, do you just want to like sit with me and read? And like, <laughs> we don't have to talk to each other because that's where I find, um, that's where I find peace, I think. Like just being with people that, the, I think what in, in my opinion or in my, my, worldview I Mm. think what makes the world go around is connection I think being able to connect with people and talk and establish some sort of rapport and be and being able to support them having them support you there's no like 
greater good on earth. And I truly think that is what makes the world go round, just being the ability to connect. And so I think that is where I find a lot of joy and um, just a lot of natural like peace from being with people. Yeah, yeah. I was actually going to ask you what motivates and drives you, but is connectivity one of those things? I would say connectivity yeah. and also like I am, I study, so like what I like went to school for is like global health and like epidemiology and all these fancy words. Yeah, basically <laughs> someone was like, that's a saving the world degree, like blah, blah, blah. Like you go, yeah. you go, you usually go into like public health, not for the money. I'll tell you that much, <laughs> not for the money, but because like you're passionate about something and you want to like it's the study of of like population health and ensuring that like health equity across the globe like no matter where you are there is equitable access to health care and i i want to like dedicate my life to that i want to continue and there's so much to learn there's so much to do um just like look at the United States healthcare system. There's so there's a lot of good in some places. Like I'm sure you go to Beverly Hills, they've got the best hospital in the world or whatever, but then you go to Southwest Virginia and there is one hospital for 60,000 people and they only have six ventilators. I, so so there's just a, there's even in our own country there's a lot of discrepancies um in terms of healthcare. And so I think that's kind of that's also like a motive of my life is continuing to just learn and 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 not not go in and teach not go in and save no like working with communities and building like grassroots um community work and shifting knowledge and and helping facilitate and empower different communities to acquire access and equitable access to healthcare outcomes I see myself going back to school to get like a nurse practitioner degree in emergency medicine, mm-hmm. and I hope to be able to like deploy um, to different uh, like humanitarian crises. And no matter what I do in my next five years, I want to work with people. I like that you're so interested in being there and doing it yourself, yeah. as opposed to just yeah, sell or like telling other people what to do or sitting behind a desk and like exactly. strategizing. You're like, yeah. I want to be there doing I wanna, it. I want to be doing it with with the community as yeah. well. Like not just me coming in with a with a badge and a master's degree saying, this is how you should be doing it. No, because yeah. I don't live in that community. I don't live in in community X where there might be a cholera like outbreak. They have certain cultures and customs and and certain a way of life that you can't just come in and say, oh, this worked in this country, so it has to work here. It's not one size that fits all. You yeah. have to really sit down and talk to community leaders and ensure that like what you're working with or, or you're it's a collaboration and to make sure that's the only way like initiate like healthcare initiatives and projects and programs are actually going to take flight when it has like buy in from the community itself. And like it's you're working with them, not for them. You're not the head honcho. You're not the leader. It, it you got to be you have to do it humbly. Yeah. Um, what's something that people tend to misunderstand about you? About me? I think, hmm, oh, now we're getting deep. (laughs) Is it time to be vulnerable, Bridget? Bridget, (laughs) I think it's time to be vulnerable. I think, I think people usually tend to think that, like, I am, 
a very like confident and just like confident person and someone that is just you know like doing it all is like really well liked and really confident all that stuff and in reality like what what sure I am I love myself I am confident but not that it's a facade but you know there people don't tend to think that I'm a human being that has insecurities I have so many insecurities I it's impossible not to be a human and second guess yourself or question a move you might make like you know with this new job I'm starting I have been floundering in imposter syndrome like oh I'm underqualified I how the hell did I get here you know yeah. who I'm gonna mess it up and I'm gonna make everyone mad at me blah 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 and in reality like people I surround myself with they're like you're doing you know you're doing great or you seem so you know you seem so blah 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 I'm like I I don't feel that way on the inside like and so I I, I don't know I think I think it's people kind of see the way I, I care. I am who I am innately. Like I am a hundred percent myself. And I think people kind of take that as just being like not overly confident, but they, they kind of um, receive that as being really, really confident and don't, and kind of forget that I'm a human being that has insecurities myself. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes do you go into situations scared but you're like i'm gonna do it anyway yeah. with a confident face because that's the best way to go about it I but think that doesn't so. mean you're confident about exactly doing it. i yeah. think and also i think there is a way if you are anxious or nervous about a certain thing i think if you if you almost try to trick yourself if you're like okay i'm going to i'm going to compose myself and pretend and you know think confident that way i can try to become confident so in certain situations, I'll, I'll do that. Like, I'll, if I'm, you know, if, say there's like a big, a big show, or like a big presentation I have to give. And I'm, you know, I might be shaking in my boots internally, like, oh my goodness, I have to deliver this, this, you know, my, my great grandma is here to come see my first improv show. And I really want to impress her. My great grandma's dead. So that, that's just, <laughs> so that's not going to happen. Nope. But in theory, but, you know, like a really nerve wracking situation. Yeah. And, um, I, I might be quaking in my boots, but then if I think, okay, that's, you know what, you're going to wow them. You have a great team behind you. Like you only have, you just be yourself, just do what you're doing. Like you're yeah. cool. You're, you've done this before. Treat it like any other day. If I kind of start thinking in that, that thought pattern, yeah. then I might kind of calm my nerves a little bit. And if I, if you think confident, then in tandem, it might kind of alleviate some of that anxiety or, or stress. Yeah. Are you prone to anxiousness or anxiety or are you, do you typically let a lot of things kind of? I, I think it depends. I think I am learning. There are some things that don't make me anxious. There are certain things that do make me anxious. Yeah. And I think I am learning how to deal with that. Cause as a little kid, I don't think I realized I, I had a little bit more anxiety. I think I only realized I, have some form of anxiety very like pretty mild but if you would have asked me in high school do you have anxiety I'd be like no I'm completely fine but I feel like all humans are anxious to a certain point yeah and I think um just being an older adult that's kind of realized oh there are some things that make me anxious and kind of are out of my control but make me kind of spiral um 
specifically like people's perceptions of me like I don't my fear is I don't I never want to disappoint anyone I hate I don't like hurting people and I don't want to disappoint every anyone how would you disappoint someone I don't know like just I, I think it's more of a feeling because mm. I think in reality I don't think I've disappointed many people except you know my parents when maybe I was a kid but the only time I've ever known someone was disappointed in me is when they tell you to your face, I'm disappointed in you. And I, since I've not had that many times in my life, I don't know why, but I think sometimes I feel like I like in certain situations where it feels like there might be a lot of pressure on me. Mm. I, I think like the worst case scenario is like feeling like you're letting someone down. Yeah. And I never want to feel like I'm letting someone down, whether that comes in a form of disappointment or like hurting someone. That's just a really deep fear. And I think any type of like anxiety I experience is normally tied to that. I personally also struggle with that and I've tried to get over it a lot because I found recently that I sacrifice what I want and think to make the other person more comfortable sometimes and I'm trying to remember that it is a two-way street and the best way to be a great friend to someone else is to also be true to what you're thinking and feeling because that's sustainable yes exactly and also you have to be you have to be honest in every in every pillar of life and like like you said like it's it's a two-way street um and you have to be true to you like and at the end of the at the end of the day like if something's making you uncomfortable or like you know if there's a certain thing that is that you find more favorable and your friend might find another thing more favorable and you don't necessarily like want to bring it up in conversation or if you you did bring it up in conversation like in my site in my for my sake like if i was like oh i want to change this and i knew it was going to make them upset and i felt like i was letting them down in reality, it's like you got to do what you got to do. Like you are living your life for you. At the end of the day, when you're on your deathbed, it is you. <laughs> you yeah. are the only one with you for for the rest of your life. So you have to be your own advocate at the same time. Yeah. You can't like I I used to sacrifice a lot and I used to a lot of people used to walk all over me and like growing up and just in childhood and and kind of learning that having that mind switch being like no you know what I don't want to do that I I don't have to say yes to everything yeah um it's something I've learned too and and in I think that's gone hand in hand with this journey of like discovering that yeah I do I do battle with anxiety at certain points and just reminding yourself advocate for yourself but also don't worry about things that are out of your control when things are out of your control let it be like the the it'll work itself out the universe will find its path, all that stuff. And, and that's something I continue con- and I'm working on, but I continue to struggle with, mm-hmm. um, but working on nonetheless, like I, I am a work in progress. I, I have a l- wonderful qualities. I, I love who I am, but I am a work in progress. And there are things that I'm working on and staying grounded and letting go of cert- of certain control is, is another thing I'm working towards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said you want to be a sponge and I, a sponge. Yeah. And I think the day that you stop wanting to learn and invest in yourself is kind of the day that your progress dies. Yeah. In a way there's like, I want to be, I, I want to always be inquisitive. I always want to be 
a student of the world. Not not like a student, a grad student. I fuck that. <laughs> I am done being a grad student. It was I love the people I met. It was great, but oh my god, don't go into don't go into <laughs> academia. I'm telling you, it is too much money. Um, but I all I always want to be a student of the world. I want to be. I want to learn from my friends. I want to learn from every, I want to learn something new every day, whether it's a concept, whether it's the meaning of a new word, whether it's the, the, like, you know, I'm learning that this color on you, if you, I'm so sad you guys can't see Riley because (laughs) this green jacket she has on really is bringing out your eyes. Like your eyes look beautiful. That's something I learned today. Like I always want, whether it's could be the smallest, teeniest, tiniest thing, nugget of truth to learn. Yeah. As long as I'm learning for the rest of my life, that is that is a good life. That is a full life. Yeah. And you seem like you easily can be yourself and that's not an issue for you. Whereas some people like, I mean, I feel like sometimes I also struggle like being myself in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Not that it's intentional, but it's just We're all like human. Yeah. We're all human. And I think I think the only reason that has allowed me to like kind of become comfortable with myself or like oh I I don't I might not feel like uh or where I am myself is because it's truly theater like just goofing off and and growing up with like theater kids allowed me to to just be like oh these guys are a bunch of weirdos I can be a little bit of a weirdo too and and yeah (laughs) I think that's like you know in most of my in like most of my um groups I was in throughout life I've been known as the theater kid (laughs) which is silly because I'm like I'm not even really pursuing it yeah um but I think that's I think theater gave me the gift of just being comfortable with who I am and why like why be anyone but yourself like I if I'm gonna hide who I am to be around a person I shouldn't be around that person I want to surround myself with people who, who accept me for who I am. Um, yeah. Just like you do, Riley, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's easy. You're lovely. Seriously. <laughs> You're, like, such a warm person. You radiate so much, like, welcomeness. Oh, thank you, you it's... care bear. <laughs> like, you're literally like a teddy bear come to life. Like, I just want to hug you. Every time I see Riley, like, just walking anywhere, I'm like, oh, you're like a spring daisy, man. Like, like you're like the first day of spring when a flower is like full and bloom. Just, just always a smile. Are we flirting? Are we? Are, are we? Are we courting each other? Oh my goodness, I didn't know. What's something that when you think about it, it it makes you really excited? It could be something simple, or like if it's a, a big goal that you have for yourself mm. in the future, like genuinely makes you excited. Uh, so, like, I'm really looking forward to like. I have some trips coming up. I'm really looking forward to that. That's really making me excited. One thing I am that's not necessarily a weekend ahead, but it's more like a month ahead. I am excited for peace. I think since like, as I said earlier, like I'm going through a lot of transitions right now and I feel like I have, I've been kind of floating from one thing to the next just because life's been really busy. Um, I am excited for June when I am able to kind of take a moment and breathe. Like I, this identity as a student will have ended then and I'll feel like more of a human being where I can. And I, I think that beginning of that next chapter, I kind of see it as this like school chapter ending. I see a new chapter beginning and I'm really, really excited to to see what that chapter holds. Like 
finding a new routine, having more time to do certain hobbies or try new hobbies, like get it, like taking an improv class and really yeah. kind of honing into that. I'm excited for that. I'm, I want to get a bike. <laughs> I'm excited to <laughs> bike around Atlanta in the summer. I'm excited to find, find some peace and, and dedicate more time to things like yoga or just being with people and, and the sweet yeah. and slowness of life. I think once things have settled and I ch- start that chapter out, that new chapter out, I am just really excited for the sweet slowness of life and kind of leading the life that I want to. I kind of see it as like a, a little restart in a way. Yeah. I'm really excited. Did you get to travel a lot in your youth? Because the more um, I, the older I get, the more I see that travel really is such a privilege. Yeah. And I wish I would have had more in that, yeah. more of that in my life. I, so I, I did get to travel when I was a, a kid. My, um, my dad worked for um, like nas- like national security stuff. And mm-hmm. so we lived in England for a little bit. I lived in the UK from like one to four. Oh. And we had family, my family had family in Ireland. And so we'd go back and forth between the UK and Ireland. And so I think just being there, we grew up just being like kind of central and close to Europe. We would go to Scotland, we'd go to, you know, and we'd go on vacations, we'd go to other places in Europe. Like we went to the Tenerife Islands, like off the uh, of Spain, I think off the coast of Africa, we went to Spain and, and all these. So I, not that I remember any of it because it was like one <laughs> to four, but I think since that was like an established, just growing up overseas, um, since that was kind of an established norm, I was able to travel as, as, as at a younger age. And yeah. that kind of, that kind of really contributed to that, like thirst for knowledge and, and just different world experiences, like that kind of wanderlust. I, I, yeah. if I could give anything, I would, I would love Anthony Bourdain's job, just being able to go to like yeah. different areas and experience different cultures and try different food, huge foodie. That is my dream job. And getting to like, talk about it awesome you're a foodie oh huge foodie oh i didn't know that yeah baby what's your favorite food oh ethiopian food really? oh my gosh have you ever had yes i can't i don't even think i have to be honest oh my gosh we ethiopian have to food. have ethiopian food it is just one of the most like like just diverse like food palettes you will ever try like it is so it's it's like every bite you have, whether it's misur, which is um, like lentil, like red spicy lentils, or um, injera, which is like this uh, this bread. You you normally you can kind of it's like a make your own adventure type thing. You can get different platters, and you can get mm-hmm. a side of meat called tibs, um, and so you get some injera, which is bread, and you'll dip it and scoop any type of like any type of veggie and some meat. And it is just pure, like, every time you take a bite, it's just, like, an explosion of flavor in your mouth. Like, I, first time I had Ethiopian food, I was like, yep, this ruined me for the rest of my life. Because growing <laughs> up, growing up on, like, chicken with salt and pepper was not a very interesting. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, my parents were holding out on me. Like, we had, like, chicken, we had lemon, like, herb chicken and, meat, like, spaghetti with meatballs almost every week. And I'm like, there was stuff like this out there and I didn't even know. And so I've been on a huge Ethiopian food kick for the past, like, two years now. Really? Whenever I, like, need a pick-me-up Ethiopian food, it just it just brings me, like, it just makes me feel warm. And yeah. it's, like, it's, 
you're if there's a lot of vegetables in there like it's it's just it's just a delight like yeah. it's it's what makes eating i think enjoyable like that type of food just because it's so rich and it's and there's so many unique like flavor combinations so cool yeah so, yes huge foodie <laughs> that's something that annoys me about myself because i'm such a picky eater yeah and first of all it's hard to go out to eat with me yeah um so that's annoying but i also just like want to have a better taste in food i feel like i'm i'm just so satisfied by by things that aren't even that good i'm like i need to do better than this like go to ethiopian food let's there's, do it there's a lot of good places in atlanta there's a place called desta bahel oh so yummy have you been to buford highway i have been to buford highway that is a gold mine of oh my gosh so good i had a really good oh i had some really good pho like vietnamese pho there yeah I was like, what the fuck is up, man? <laughs> this is fuck? delicious. That was so oh my God. bad. What's your favorite part about Atlanta, by the way? Is it the food scene or is it people? I think, I think it's the people. I will say there definitely is a Southern charm here. I think, mm -hmm. like, the fact that you, like, you could just walk on the street and ask anyone for directions. And you're like, yeah, like, sure. And whereas you go to Boston, that will not happen. Like, I once tried to say, like, hello to someone in Boston, like, I like your, like, skirt. They looked me right in the eye. I said it again. They looked me right in the eye, passed me by, didn't even say a word. I was like, okay, you would not have that experience in Atlanta. Like, yeah. Atlanta is just, the people here are what make this city, like, what it is. It's such a, it's such a, like, the people here, human embodiment of sunshine, just, mm -hmm. like, pure sweet and kindness. Um and also the festivals. There's always some kind of festival going on. Yeah, I, I ran into it. you at one I yesterday. Know. <laughs> the Eden Park Festival, and there's just a great big joy, like yeah, joy here. And it's truly like a a city, like it's an urban forest. I love how green it is. Yeah, and everywhere you go, like all the little nooks and crannies of like just different, like just different like places to experience is really really sweet. Um. So yeah, I, 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 it really did grow on me. Like I, I wasn't, I did not think I'd move to Atlanta, but then coming for like Emory's program, it grew on me so much. So I'm really excited I get to stay here. Yeah, I'm glad you found your way here. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> glad I got to weasel my way into your life. Weasel, yeah. weasel. <laughs> Likewise. I'm a professional weasel, baby. <laughs> Well, I have one more question, unless there's anything that we didn't discuss that you want to discuss. Hmm. Ask me away. If you could give any piece of advice to your younger self, what would you mm. say? That's a good one. I feel like I haven't been asked that question before. <laughs> it's kind of cliche, but I am interested I know, to know. but also, like, I, I sometimes when you ask, a, like, when someone were if to ask a cliche question or, like, you don't think about the answer to it because like, oh, you don't, those questions aren't asked sometimes because they're seen as cliche. Right. So I've never been asked this question before. Really? So thank you for asking. Of course. Thank you for being the first. Um, <laughs> once again, losing my virginity to this question. <laughs> losing my podcast virginity and this, and this virginity. Uh, um, so I would say if I had any advice to my younger self, I would tell myself, like it's all about the ride like just take it as it comes like you never know where life is going to lead you and just take everything in stride whatever 
change or challenge comes your way, just try to handle it with like a, a clear head on your shoulders or, you know, clear head on your shoulders and a smile on your face. Because, you know, as soon as that challenge may end, another challenge may come. But don't forget that, like, life is, you only have one life. And so, like, look at it as a joy to, like, have the pleasure of existing. <laughs> like, just yeah, just being able to be on this, like, big green globe at the same time as, as like, you, as, like, my twin brother, as my friends and my family, like, getting to experience like like human beings and being able to connect is a pure pure joy and privilege don't take it for granted like don't take any single day for granted yeah just it's all about the ride baby oh be open to everything it's so true if your eyes are on the destination the ride is gonna suck exactly that's such a it's all about the journey the destination yeah. should be death yeah <laughs> not that that's good like i really hope that it takes a long time to get to that destination but yeah it is all about the journey lean yeah. into the journey at the end of the day we do have the same destination regardless we do so. <laughs> we do as well have a good time getting there i guess 100 exactly. <laughs> well thank you so much bridget i know you're busy so oh i my really gosh. appreciate it not busy not not too busy for this. I I love doing this. I I want to thank you for having me, yes. sweet sweet lady. Yeah, you're so interesting. Seriously, what? Yeah, no, you are so cool. So happy that I met you. Yes, and so glad we got to chat because it's always good to just hear what what's going on in other people's heads. I know it's so fun to. When is someone gonna interview you? I want to hear what's in your head. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no, Maybe you gotta interview day. yourself. Look in the mirror. <laughs> Look in the mirror. <laughs> And just ask yourself questions. Into the one <laughs> microphone and then the next <laughs> to make it sound like you're on a different part of the room. It would definitely be the easiest interview to schedule. I know, that's right? for sure. Oh my god. I love it. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has truly been a first. So <laughs> I am so excited to like have experienced this. Um and just thank you for like even asking me. I I it's just been so fun to have like get to experience this with you. Well, it's been a pleasure. I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> I'm, obsessed I'm with so you. excited for your upcoming trips. I can't Thanks wait to hear to. about it. We yeah. gotta go on our Ethiopian food date. I will. Yeah. <laughs> it will change your world. You will thank me to the stars and back. <laughs> I'm excited. All right, my lady. Thanks, Bridge. <laughs>